Welcome to the Circle Sessions featuring the Circle of Experts. The Circle of Experts are Yasmin Robles from Robles Designs, Tanisha English Amamu of TJE Communications, and Don the Idea Guy. I'm Brett Johnson from Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants. Each week, one of the Circle of Experts joins me to talk about critical aspects of growing your podcast. We focus on marketing, social media, monetization, and website design and the implementation of all these together. This week, Yasmin is here from the Circle of Experts. Yasmin works alongside clients to design a website that's driven by strategy, looks amazing, and that you can actually use to grow your podcast and then in turn your business as well. Yasmin, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, as always, I'm really excited to be here. Starting a podcast is always that discussion of, should I include it? On my website, uh, should it be separate as well as, hey, I'm going through a whole rebrand of the site and and that's why we're doing the podcast, to include this and a lot of other things. So I I think today's subject, we're going to talk about what to know before starting a rebrand of a site is really good um, in regards to planning that out, how to put all those pieces together, knowing you're implementing a lot of different things, which could include a podcast. Yeah, yeah. And a podcasting is great for a website. We've talked about this in a bunch of the episodes where it can really help enhance the showcase you as the expert. It can help showcase your business, the services that you offer. You can provide really great value. But how do you actually incorporate it into the site and um, and also rebrand the site so that it can feel like this wholesome, holistic piece versus kind of just something you added on? Yeah, we had talked about this first area um, that we're going to discuss in previous episode, episodes in regards to the, the uh, to assess everything, uh, looking at you know from the top down, looking at first of all the website strategy. What do you want to do now? <laughs> You're going to rebuild and rebrand. What do you want to do? Yeah. So you never want to walk in, whether you're working on it yourself or you're working on it with a designer or an agency, you'd never want to just walk in and say, I want to rebrand my site because there's a lot more that goes into it, whether it's goals, whether it's, is it the visuals? Is it that you're not really generating sales? So I'm going to break down a few of of the ways that you can assess if if your website needs some support, if it needs to be rebranded and what you should think about when you're kind of checking off and making sure that the site actually needs to be refreshed. Um, So when it comes to the website strategy, a few questions to ask yourself, is your website difficult to navigate? And this is from a user standpoint. If you were to go to one of your dream clients and ask them to find your services, to find your podcast episode, to sign up for your email list, can they easily get there? Um, If you are an e-commerce site, Can they easily add their items to cart? Um, All of these, just navigating through the site. And you can have so much information. I've seen sites that are really bulky when it comes to a lot of great value and information that they have. But it's difficult to search through and sift through all of that knowledge to find what the user is looking for. So is it difficult to navigate? And this is also pertaining to the top navigation, that menu bar at the top of your site. You want to keep it simple, clean. You want want to have things like drop downs or mega menus so that it doesn't feel overwhelming, like a giant list of things that they have to look through. Then ask yourself, is your website not generating leads or sales? Obviously, your website should be getting new business, whether people come to your site to review case studies of what you've done, to listen to podcast episodes, uh, if you have video to go along with your episodes, are they watching them? 
your website should be generating some kind of action, specifically along along lines of sales and getting those people visiting to turn into fans and to turn into paying clients. You also want to ask yourself if the site is actually siloed from the rest of the marketing plan. I've come across some clients that they have their website. It's working great. They have Instagram or so, whatever other platform they're, they're on. I'm on Instagram, but whatever platform they're focusing on for social media, they have their podcast and then everything. And then they may, might have a brick and mortar. Everything that they have is working great on its own, but it doesn't reference the other marketing channels. So you want to make sure that it's not just a website, that it's actually this living, breathing thing that can work with the rest of uh, your marketing plan. So it can work with social media, with your podcast, um, with your YouTube channel, whatever it is that you have going on, it'll all work together. And is it easy to connect tools to your website? So sometimes you see the website, it looks beautiful. It can You can navigate it really well, but underneath the hood, so if you open the hood of the car, it looks, <laughs> it looks like you duct tape things together. So if you have a specific client management system that like HubSpot and it just doesn't integrate with the site, whatever system you have, there's no great integration for it. Things, people are being missed things are being just, things are falling through the cracks. You want to ensure that your tools, whether it is HubSpot or some other ones, can easily integrate into the website and make your life simpler versus just adding another thing for you to do. And do you have someone maintaining it? So this is specific to those of you on a WordPress platform or platforms that require people to make sure things are kept updated. Um, you want to ensure that people are backing someone, someone, you or on your team is backing it up, ensuring plugins are updated. And again, you can reference back to some of our episodes about maintaining websites, but keeping things updated and just functioning great. You wouldn't let your car go without an oil change, but you let your website go and there can be holes and that can cause issues, not just for the user, but you can get hacked. Um, so make sure that is it's being maintained if it and if it's not write it down as a thought process or as a point for your rebrand mm -hmm. and is someone on your staff responsible for it so if something is happening amazing something at your boutique or at your brick and mortar maybe you have added new staff maybe you're going through a a you know copy is changing on your site is someone going to go in and edit the website and update the headshots update the products is someone responsible for that? If not, you want to ensure that this site that you're rebranding possibly can make that part easier for whomever is in charge of it, whether you're hiring the agency to make the updates for you or you or someone on your staff will be making those updates. All right. So have you ever thought about having a mock website with everything that's wrong with it exist? To showcase this is what i mean <laughs> i i've never thought about having a mock website but i've seen so many but you know i feel yeah. bad right i <laughs> i don't want to call them out right um and right. some I, I don't want to be mean but sometimes i've said this is an example this is a great example of a website of what you should not do right so i've had 
just as an example, um, I've had previous clients where I kind of just patched the site because I met them after they had their, had their site built and the design wasn't that great. Um, and I'd be like, Hey, maybe we should redesign this. You want me to t- go in and rebrand it, reorganize it. Um, and they'd say no. And then, you know, I lose, con- uh, I lose contact with them and then their site gets hacked because nobody's patching it. Nobody's working on it. So not only are the visuals like not as snazzy as their comp competition, but now they have holes in their site where they get hacked. And so I, I just feel bad. <laughs> maybe I should, maybe I should do that. I don't or, know. Well, I guess it would lean toward the problem. Like you just said, though, if you have something, that's really clunky and bad, you'd probably get hacked anyway. So it probably may not be worth the yeah. effort to showcase something really bad, but I guess you could hide it behind, you know, it really yeah. wouldn't be, um, uh, forward facing per se, but it's, you were talking about all those mm-hmm. things that go on. Sometimes you don't realize kind of what you're talking about. It's like, what do you mean by that? It's like, here, let me show you on my dummy website, what I mean, how yeah. it doesn't work right. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if you might, you know, I, but you're right. I was thinking too, I don't like to show showcase or, th- you know, throw any other podcaster under the bus going, you don't want to do this because you don't know who knows mm-hmm. who, um, yeah. because everybody's giving it their best effort and they're trying the best that they can. Yeah. But at the same time, you kind of really want that. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean. <laughs> this is yeah. bad. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> again, to that point, do not feel bad if some, if you get a review. So I give free um, reviews to people like a five minute thing, if I can put it on my YouTube channel. And I don't, I never really want people to feel bad about it because this is not what you do. So for example, I do not edit podcasts. So my editing skills will not be as quality as Brett's. He doesn't do websites. And so we all have my, my accountant does my taxes because I would (laughs) be in jail. (laughs) I do not know what I'm doing when it comes to that. So do not never really feel when you're listening to these episodes, don't ever really feel bad about you haven't been maintaining it. It's just things to keep in mind as you're growing your podcast, as you're going growing your website and your audience. Keep these things in mind because they are they might not be necessarily for you right now, but they are things that can help you grow in the future. And you want to make sure that you have the proper foundation and you're thinking about these things so that in a year when you hit it big, you know, hey, let me think about SEO. Let me make sure that somebody on my staff can maintain the website. Right. Yeah. And we've talked about this as well. Um, and it's so easy once you find the visuals, the pics and the and the stock images that you really, really do like, and you kind of put it up there and you forget, but they need to be refreshed and really take a look at a lot of different nuances versus just them being, you can legally have them on your website. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, um, I would say again, don't feel bad. Um, think of it as like your car. You want to just keep make sure that it is maintained, that it's functioning properly, um, that nobody can nobody can get in. Right, you're not leaving anything expensive in your car, and you're not leaving leaving it unlocked. Um, but these episodes will really help you hone in and and this episode specifically to rebrand your website. Right, exactly. So um, you know, talking about the, the you know looking at the strategy, the visuals, you know, we, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the website's secure and, 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 and slow and, and such, but it does take some planning to pivot this. You just can't turn it on and off. It does take some planning on how you want to do it. And maybe there's actually a kind of a relaunch thing you want to do with it too, but you, it's got to start from the very beginning of planning that pivot. Yeah. So think about your rebrand as you can also do a soft launch versus a hard launch. So the difference is that one, you get to kind of 
do it a little little by little, right? Um, this means that if you're doing a visual rebrand, you'll change up the logo and the colors, and then you'll change up the images when you get some branded photos. A hard launch would be you create your site on a what we call a staging site. It's basically like a dummy site um, that's a duplicate of yours, and then you push it live to quote unquote production. So that staging site um, is where you can do make all of your changes, and that's called a hard launch because you're basically just almost like ripping that bandaid off when you launch it. So keep that in mind when you're planning your pivot, when you're planning your redesign. And you want to define, you want to start off by defining your brand identity. No amount of, no, not even the best designer will be able to help you create a website that is beautiful and functional if you do not understand the brand identity or the voice. For example, I've had many clients who, again, they, I, I haven't met a client yet that I would not want to go out to margaritas and tacos with but the best functioning projects the smoothest ones are when you have when you have defined your brand identity you know exactly the fonts that or at least the feeling that you want to get out of it you know that it's playful versus very stoic or um very if it's a law firm what how do you want to be portrayed so just keep that in mind when it comes to brand identity. Then research your competition and don't just let your designer do this. You you know your competition and you know your niche the best. So do some research on your competition. See what they're doing on their site. Take screenshots. Uh, look at the colors that they're using. Look at what their logos look like. As an example, we did a website for a local uh, small business lawyer here in Columbus, Ohio, and she wanted to still maintain that professional aspect, but she wanted it to be a bit more energetic, a bit more youthful. So we stayed away from the navy blue that almost every law firm seems to use or the burgundy. Um, and we went a little more energetic with her blue. Uh, we added a really nice, almost like not necessarily a lime green, but a very nice green. And so with that competition research, we were able to differentiate her from all of the other small business lawyers out there. So do your research for your three competition. And then if you are working with a designer, provide that research and tell them what your thoughts are about it. So if you saw that somebody else is selling, let's say pet supplies, what is it about their website that you liked and didn't like? What is it about their website that focuses on your target market or completely forgets about them? What about their voice, their messaging, their copy? What is yours going to be have personality while theirs just says, says uh, dog food for great dogs and yours has a little bit of a better spin to it? What is it? What is going to differentiate you from them? Then define your goals. Again, know whether you are the best working with the best design designer or not. If they don't have or understand your goals, they will not be able to hit them. So make sure you understand your goals. And this goes back to the assessment. Are you not getting sales? If the case is that you want people to fill out that contact form, you from one person a month to 10 a month, if that is your goal, then how can you make sure that that goal is displayed on the website? For example, as a designer or a strategic designer, I would say, okay, great. 
let's make sure that the contact form is on the contact page, but also on almost every service page. There's also a form. I will be linking to the contact form from all of these other pages and just making sure that the user journey is going through the website and then ultimately hitting your goals. Then conduct your research. So this goes back to competition and and uh, your brand identity, but research your actual target market. Do surveys, interviews. Um, if you have a site right now, you can do cool usability tests to gather feedback. And so one tool that I use is Hotjar, H-O-T-J-A-R.com. I believe they have a free option. And you can go on there and record what people are doing. You won't be able to tell who, unless you have very few people visiting your site. You won't be able to tell who it is. Um, but it'll record people on your site and give you a heat map, which will show you where people are clicking on the most. And this is great because you can see that people might get confused in certain parts of the site. They might completely skip over other parts. And it'll give you that great information that you need in order to make a pivot that is very strategic. Um, then you'll want to develop a website plan. So when I edit websites or rebrand them after we've done all the boring, well, I like it. I like the research, but most people think it's boring. <laughs> um, all of the research, all of the nerdy stuff, we then start off with a sitemap. And this is basically a list of all the pages organized in order of importance, what page will link to what. And then you jump into wireframes, which is if you just want to call it a quick and dirty sketch on whatever scrap paper you have available. It's just where the content will go on your page bunch of rectangles and squiggles. Uh, you want to figure out hosting and hosting is the plot of land where you will build your website. So if you think of your website as a house, hosting is at that land and you can get land in many places. You can get land on places like Bluehost, uh, SiteGround, places like that. And then you can use something like WordPress, which is the building blocks for that house. Hosting can also mean something like Wix or Squarespace or Shopify, where they give you the plot of land, but you must use their specific um, building blocks. And you can't necessarily transfer between plots of lands. You can't pick up your house and go. You'll want to ensure that you understand where your client management system or where it will live, how it will integrate into the website. And again, and speaking of integrations, any other integrations such as email, anything you want to happen on your site. Do you want to capture people's email? Do you want to chat with them in a little chat box? What sort of integrations will you have and how will they function throughout that whole uh, marketing plan? A lot of stuff to think about. We've, you know, and we we keep saying this. We talk about these items in previous episodes, so we, you know, dig a little bit deeper. And, and you're gonna, as you hear each of our, you know, our interviews, our talks about websites, you're gonna start to hear that sitemap phrase over and over, and the wireframes over and over, and the hosting. We did, you know, one episode on hosting. So I think as you hear the series, this be, at least the terms are a bit more familiar. You're not walking in going, what do you mean hosting? I love the way you explain what hosting is, that the, the land that your house is built on. That's a really good way of looking at that because it is confusing. What do, What's the difference between a Wix and Bluehost? You know, walking into that and understanding that one of those, one of those for just those two examples are not going to meet your goals. 
one of them won't because of how they're built. It just is. It, it's just pretty much plain as day once you start to understand that. And that's why I think your next point, choosing a website designer agency is really, really important because you can do research on all those, if nothing else, the hosting, and you still may not have that right answer about, oh, I didn't know Wix couldn't do that because you just couldn't see it in your research. Yeah. And so that's, again, going back to, I, I know that I just keep saying, go back to your assessment, go back to your goals and then research. And I know that people love to see the beautiful things on the website. They want to want to see it launched. They want to see the logo and the colors, but it's very important because then you can also decide on if the, what I want my website to do is ne- not necessarily something that is really built into any platform out there do I then get to hire someone? And if the answer is yes, who do I get to bring in as a support team? So you would end up deciding on a website designer, so a solo person or something like an agency. And there's a a variety of sizes of agencies and agencies that can do a lot and then they can do one thing very well. So if you don't have the skills or the resources again in-house in your team to redesign your website, you might just have to pick one. And I would look for designers or agencies that have experience in your particular industry. Just like if you are creating a podcast, you want to make sure you get someone that can that knows about podcasts to help you out. So you want to see if this designer or agency has had experience in something similar and that they can provide references or a portfolio of previous work. If they can send you a bunch of links of work that they've done, you can go contact those the, those owners and see what it was like. If they have Google reviews, that's always a very good indication that they're, they're a good person to work with. And then just communicate your goals during that very first call with them. Some people call it a discovery call. They call it something else. Uh, be able to communicate your goals, the research that you've already done, what your thoughts are, what sort of integrations you want. And that'll help them decide whether it is a project that they can take on, that their team can support. Just make sure the agency or the agency or the designer that you want to work with is capable of tackling your project. And if they are nice about it, they can always refer you to someone else. Uh, that is, it's just an ecosystem. It's a great place. We all have as a designer, I send people to others and they send people to me because we all work within different budgets for small businesses. We all have our specialty and and, and we also want to work with someone that we jive with, right? Uh, if I can go, if I feel like I can go get tacos and margaritas and, and just talk about things with you, not necessarily being about the business, then that's likely going to be a great relationship because I want to work with someone. I want to be the partner and a strategic person for someone who I can, I'm not dreading having meetings with. So if you're dreading having meetings with this website designer or agency, then it's probably not the best fit. But again, knowing your goals, knowing the integrations and having at least a somewhat of an idea of what hosting companies there are, platforms will give you that support that you need in making that decision. You mentioned earlier about the, the concept of brick and mortar, kind of that putting it in that, that frame of mind. And with everything you, everything you were talking about. Uh, building a website, it almost feels as though you're you're building a storefront, another storefront. If you own a brick and mortar already, and you put all that thought into the layout of how the store is put together, or maybe it's just an office complex of all the offices, how the cubicles are put, how how the workflow, that's where they're going to be. You're almost thinking that way with a website 
rebrand as well, aren't you? That it's that walking in the front door, landing on the homepage. It, it's that you 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 don't want somebody to go away unfulfilled. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I love that example. That is exactly what it is. It's basically redesigning a location, but virtually. So if you think of the amount of effort people put into a store, let's say a boutique, from what it looks like on the outside to draw attention in, all the way as soon as you step in, what are you going to place right by the doors? What are you going to place next to the cash register? So what upsells are you going to have? What is the experience of me walking through? Is it organized by colors, by the seasons? What does the sale area look like, the fitting rooms, all of those little tidbits that you put thought into all the way through to the probably the lighting, right? And the music playing. All that is just a wealth of knowledge for your website designer as well, because you can now say, okay, when I people enter, when people enter my website, I want them to see that it is fashionable. I want it to be organized in this way. I want these upsells in my e-commerce platform. And it, yes, it, I love your example. It is exactly how you should think about your website. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the you know, the, really the, the last part of this is the implementation of, of getting it to where you're, well, and let me ask you this too, before we even talk about the implementation, it, it leads to this is I'm always under the mindset that your, your website is never really done. Is that kind of correct? I mean, you're, you're probably 90 to 95% there. There's always something. And I bring this up just for the sake of don't let it be this the thing it stops from launching. Correct? Yeah. Your website is never going to be done. And your website will always not just need maintenance, but it will always need a little bit of freshening up. And if your business is booming, it will likely need not just a rebrand, but add-ons. For example, if your business has added memberships or if it's adding courses, that will get to be added onto your website and your website strategy. So your website is like this living, breathing thing. It's the hub where everything will point to. It's the place that you can really have control over how your brand, your voice is portrayed, how your podcast is showcased, how you're collecting emails from people and collecting their information, how you can upsell. It is that one hub and it is almost like a living, breathing thing. So not just about maintenance, but you'll always want to ensure that whatever changes in your business are happening, your website is reflecting those and that it's always top of mind when when it comes to your marketing. Right. So let's get into the implementation then. You develop and launch it. You're kind of ready to go. What what are the steps? What do we need to do? Yeah. So once you have a plan in place and your designer or agency, or you have slotted some time to do it yourself, it's basically time to just jump in there and start launching your website. So what you're going to need to do is start creating the content. And I suggest creating the written content first, and then starting to go get your brand photo shoot if it's in your budget. If not, at least have a headshot of yourself. People love to be nosy about who's running the business. Have a headshot of yourself and then use some stock photography. My suggestion with stock is that You don't necessarily have to go paid, but try to find images that fit your brand. So if it's fun and happy, don't go in and get like dark, gloomy images. 
and then try to use images from the same stock photo provider in terms of the author, right? So if somebody, they're, they're artists, they have their style. And if it's light and airy, you always wanted to make sure that all the images are light and airy as well. You don't want to mix and match them with, for example, really gray, sleek uh, images versus fun, colorful images. It just looks a little off for the brand. And so you have your copy, you have your images, and you can start jumping into the platform and start building out your site. As a designer, I will base everything off of that sitemap and off of the wireframes as the first go around. So that's what you should do too. If you have a home, let's say as for an example, if you have a home page, contact page, and about page for your website, then start building those pages out. And just like a rough draft, just build, build out those sections Fill them when you, with your content, with your images, and know that later on, you're going to go back in and fix the links. You're going to go back in and tweak the spacing, maybe split a section into two or, or the opposite, put them together. And it's just a rough draft. A lot of my clients or people that I know, um, their first go around on creating their own website they take so long because they go section by section trying to get each one perfect. And I like to say it's kind of like a painting. I went to art school, so bear with me. But with a painting, we were always taught that you block everything in first. So let's say it's an apple. You basically will block in the red apple and the highlights. And then you're going to go in with smaller, smaller brushes each time around to get into the details. Just that's the same exact thing with the website. And then be sure to test it out. So after you get it to a point where you're like, okay, this is this is looking pretty good. I wouldn't be afraid to showcase this to my clients. Then that's the point where you can go test it. You can ask potential clients that you trust to look at your website and say, hey, give me your thoughts on what what you think of this. Uh, you can ask you can ask friends and family as well, but make sure that you they like you so they might not give you all of the best feedback that there is but those are people that you can ask as well Um, or you can launch the site if you are okay with that and then do surveys and see what's happening with hotjar and other platforms that will give you data and sift through that and you can see what's working and what's not working I was thinking with uh, testing your website, maybe you're just selective on what you ask family and friends to do. Maybe it's one of those. Would you go in and test that this goes, that the Facebook button goes to Facebook on your, you know, the the very uh, click here goes there, click here goes there versus Mm -hmm. the visual effect. (laughs) Because you're right, you won't get that feedback. (laughs) You won't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Family is really great for, just like you said, testing links, make sure everything's linking properly. Um, If anything really looks off, then, or maybe grammar, that sort of thing. But when it comes to, let's say, for example, does this sound right? Does this make sense? Well, it might not make sense to them because, for example, you might be targeting physicians. And if you're asking your father-in-law, he might not have any input into how to speak to a physician about I don't know, coaching or something. So you want to make sure that when it comes to the language, the brand voice, even the visuals that you're asking someone that's at least adjacent to your niche or to your target market so that you can get better feedback on that. Right. And you can't forget once it's launched to monitor and continue to optimize it. Yeah. So once your website is live, it's really important to just keep monitoring it to see 
that the performance is is going well, and that way you can make improvements. So this, I love soft launches because you can always launch little by little, see what's happening, and then make a pivot. Um, with monitoring and optimizing your site, you can use your analytics tools to track the traffic, the engagement, where are people leaving, what pages are your most popular, and how are your conversions going? So if your goal is to convert 10 people on the contact form, is that happening? How many are actually converting? How many people got to that page, to that form, and left? Is it something about messaging? Now you can really look at the numbers and and figure out where it is that you get to improve. And then just keep the site updated. We talked about this in so many episodes, but make sure you keep the site updated. That is with maintenance as well as content. And as a podcaster, you probably have content, if not every week, maybe every other week, you can keep that content going. Make sure you have a transcript or an article that's adjacent to your podcast episode and that links to other places on your site and make adjustments when needed. That's to your design, to the user experience, to the content. Um, If anything changes with your business, ensure that your website is showcasing that as well. And yeah, just optimize it and provide value for your audience. Well, that's, I think, one of the most important parts of including any media that you create, whether it's YouTube, podcasts, and such, that you're creating content all the time, and you, you now have the ability to update your, your website constantly compared to other uh, websites or even your competitor because you're creating things on a weekly, monthly, bi-weekly, whatever your schedule is, you now have the upper hand because you're updating all the time with uh, with new content. Yeah. And Brett, you do a really great job when we've worked adjacent um, on projects. You provide people, not just the podcast, but all the, almost like this entire, depending on the package that they probably have with you and, and so on. Talk to Brett if you want more information. But you give people so such good clips of the episode. You give them, they can pull quotes. Um, if you are doing your social media, you can probably ask Brett for a clip and maybe a quote from the podcast episode so that they can be posted. There's so many ways that you can repurpose this podcast, not just for your website, but for social media, for your email blasts, for all, this whole, again, it's an ecosystem, this whole marketing aspect of your business. It, the podcast should be used. It's content that you're creating. You're spending the time creating it um, and editing it. You should probably be utilizing it, just not just on your site, but also everywhere else. Exactly. I agree. Well, if anybody has a, a question or two for you, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, so whether it's this specific episode or maybe an older episode they listened to, but we, we want to remind them how to contact you. Yeah, I can be found at roblesdesigns.com. That's R-O-B-L-E-S designs.com. And they can always download the freebie, roblesdesigns.com slash checklist. That's a PDF where they can, it's basically a reference. You can go, if you do have a website, you can refer to this PDF and see if you have everything that you need on the site. If you are building out a new site, it's a, it's a nice to have and just kind of check off anything that your site might need or anything that you might need to look into. Um, so yeah, go, go ahead and check that out. And then I can always be found on Instagram at Robles Design Studio. And I look forward to getting your questions. Super. And you can get a hold of me at mypodcastguy.com. Thank you for listening to The Circle Sessions.